This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to minister to you tonight. And so I'm going to ask you, please, just to bow your heads and pray with me as we trust the Lord to do something significant in all of our lives. I hope you have your Bibles with you. I really hope you have your Bibles with you this evening. We're going to be taking a look at a very intriguing story that I believe is going to speak to every single person here on a different level tonight. But let's commit this service to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you that we can gather in your name and around your word. As Apostle Theo taught us this morning, your word is seed. It is the beginning point of change in our lives. Lord, I think I speak for everyone as we say that we want to go into 2022 not holding on to the things that perhaps we've amassed and accumulated, whether it be habits, whether it be mindsets, whatever it may be, we don't want to take that into this year with us. We want this year to be the best year of our lives, and we know it will be if it is spiritually. This can be the best year of our lives if it is our best year spiritually. And so today, as we clean shop, use your word, we trust for the power of the Holy Ghost to be present to transform and change us. And all those who agreed said, amen. Praise the Lord. I meant what I said. 2022 can be the best year of your life if if it's the best year of your life spiritually. Amen. I have the privilege of teaching the fourth installment of our God Encounters series. We skipped last week. Um, but leading up to this, first of all, Pastor Jenny spoke about Mira Mira, and she looked at the God encounter in the life of Moses. Then Pastor Greg spoke about no pain, no gain, and he used Isaiah as an example, and Isaiah's God encounter to that produced the change in his life and the lessons that we took away from that. And then finally, Paul taught on hide and seek, and that was looking at the life of David and Jehoshaphat and the kind of encounters they had with God and what produced change in their lives. And that's what this series is all about. As we do character studies throughout the Bible and take a look at what these people learned, but they all had God encounters. I can, I can recount personally every major encounter I've had with God and the change that it produced in my life. But I've realized as I've studied these characters throughout Scripture and as we've been teaching in the series, that there is a part and a role that we have to play in every instance that can draw us into that God encounter that can change us. And so tonight, we're going to be taking a look at the life of Jacob. But before we go to Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 to 30, that's the scripture, and you can go to your app and all the notes are in the app for you. I just want to give you a bit of a background as to Jacob, and you know that Jacob wrestled with God. That's the encounter we're going to be looking at. But as I reflected on this encounter with Jacob and how he wrestled with God and how God, in essence, changed Jacob's character, I began to wonder about some of the things that we personally, on a personal level, struggle with, the things we personally wrestle with. And so I'm hoping tonight that this message will tug on the strings of your heart somewhere so that we can become better through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, a brief background to Jacob. He was the grandson of Abraham. We know that he was the second-born twin of his brother Esau. 
Now, Jacob's life was marked with struggle. In actual fact, it started when he was in the womb. Esau came out literally seconds ahead of him, and the Bible says that Jacob, being Jacob, grabbed the heel of Esau. He wanted to pull Esau back in so he could get out first. And we saw that this kind of deceptive behavior, this kind of characteristic that wants to pull other people down to get ahead, never left Jacob. Because in essence, he ended up deceiving his father, remember? He deceived his father, he bought the birthright, or he thought he could buy the blessing of God to get ahead of Esau, and it ended up in one huge mess. So this young guy was born with a predisposition to deceive, to pull down in order to get ahead. It was a huge character flaw in the life of Jacob. This is the first biblical account of sibling rivalry. I don't know how many of you have brothers or sisters and have ever been caught in that sibling rivalry before, but chances are it wasn't a twin and they weren't trying to grab your heel and pull you back. How many of you know what I'm, what I'm talking about? So Jacob's struggle, as I mentioned earlier, and got me thinking about the things that we as believers struggle with and the kinds of things we don't want to bring in to 20. 22. How many of you can say there's stuff I, I don't want to take into this year, especially coming out of this whole story, this whole world? How many of you say, Pastor Andre, there's something inside of me I don't want to take into 2022? Or am I alone here? Pastor Johnny says, no, Pastor Andre, you're alone. Okay. So then this message is just for me then. Praise the Lord. So what is it? And this is important because you need to identify this in the outset of the message. And even those of you watching online, what is it that you're currently, currently struggling with? Is it something in your emotions? Is it, is it possibly something financial? Maybe it's a bit deeper than that. Maybe it's got to do with your identity and who you think you are. What about relationships? How about marriage? Is there something within your marriage that you're struggling with? Is it perhaps something that you're concerned about that your future has in store for you? Or maybe it's something in your past. Maybe you're struggling with something in home with your parents. Maybe it's a relationship with your parents that you've got a challenge with. And then maybe it's got to do with something at work. But is there anything in your life currently that you, you say to yourself, if only this wrestling would stop, whether it's a wrestling within or a wrestling without, if only this wrestling match would stop, my life would be so much better. Is there anybody out there or online this morning that says, if only this thing would stop, my life would be better, amen? Well, I believe that this message is going to reveal clearly how God, in his mercy, can bring that thing to a grinding halt. Can someone say, thank you, Jesus? So turn within your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 32, and I'll start reading from verse 22. That night... Jacob got up and took his two wives. Now just hold on for a second. That's a subject for another time. Pumi spoke about polygamy over there. Brother, this is not a confirmation scripture for you, okay? <laughs> I know what some of you are thinking. I like this church a whole lot. No, no, no. So he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Yabok. Now this story finds Jacob now coming back after he had deceived his father, after he had practically stolen the birthright from his brother, had built a life for himself away from the rest of his family, completely ostracized because he was afraid that his brother would want to claim back what he took. 
and that was the birthright. And God blessed him, no doubt God blessed him. But we're going to find out as the story runs and as the story goes on that he had no joy. Even though he had part of the blessing, Jacob had no joy. So the Bible says, continues to say, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. Very important. Then the Bible says, so Jacob was left alone. Have you ever noticed that sometimes God does his best work in our lives when we are alone? You see what the transformation that needed to take place in this deceiver's life had nothing to do with anybody else. No one else could be a contributor. He had to be left alone. And I would like to suggest possibly that if you find yourself in a very lonely place, it is possible that right there where you're at, God can do his best work in you. The Bible says that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Emphasis on the word wrestle. Now, most biblical scholars agree that the appearance of God, that the appearance of God here in human form or a pre-incarnate Christ is called a Christophany. It's when God, the Holy Spirit, and his son or his son came out of heaven, intervened in the natural course of events, and went back to heaven again. And this is confirmed later on in the story because the Bible says, or God himself says, you did not wrestle with a man, but you wrestled with God. So this is what is called a Christophany. I don't have time to elaborate on it. Needless to say, this man that Jacob wrestled with could not have been anybody physical. Why? Because the Bible says he was alone. Everybody had left. So this was just him and the Lord. The Bible goes on to say, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, which means this, in this instance, God was not getting through to Jacob. There was a wrestling match going on, but God was not getting through to him. Why? And I can only speculate, it's because Jacob wanted to be changed on his own terms. Jacob knew there was a problem. Within himself, there was no joy in the blessing, which is why he wanted to come home and reconcile with Esau. But he perhaps wanted to reconcile and sort himself out in his, on his own terms. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Lord calls you to change. He says, I need you to enter a fast. And you're saying, okay, Lord, but can we negotiate this thing? Maybe not an absolute fast, maybe just a social media fast. And you don't even have social media anyway. <laughs> you know, a no sacrifice kind of commitment. That's what we want. And so the Bible says over here, when the man saw he could not overpower him, his power, even God himself, was ineffective in Jacob's life. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. In other words, Jacob was resisting what God wanted to do so hard that the Lord had to literally cripple him. And I've been told that your hip being wrenched out of socket is one of the most excruciatingly painful things you can go through. But this got Jacob's attention. And perhaps whatever it is you're facing right now, possibly it's God trying to get your attention. You've been trying to change in your own terms, and God is saying, listen, 
It's either my way or the highway. This is not God saying, let's make a deal. This is God saying, I am the deal. And I alone know what is going to produce lasting change in your life. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. Jacob, leave. I'm, I'm done with you. I can't do anything more. Let me go and work in someone else's life. And then this amazing prayer, this appeal comes from the heart of Jacob, not before the Lord touched his hip, not before the Lord put him in a very painful place. He wasn't praying this prayer before. In actual fact, God God couldn't even work in his life, even though he was wrestling with him. Why? Because Jacob was a closed book. But all of a sudden, Jacob found himself in a very desperate place, and he prays this prayer. And I really hope this will be your prayer along with me for 2022. He says, I will not let you go until you change me. I will not let you go until you transform me. Lord, I won't let you go until you fix what's messed up. I'm tired of the cycle. I'm tired of dragging the same thing in every single year, coming to New Year's and promising this is the last time I'm laying it down only to find myself picking up that thing again, whether it's a mindset, a defeatist mindset, whatever it is. He's saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. May that be our prayer. And then the man asks him this question. Jacob, what is your name? In other words, he's asking you, what identifies you? I need you to be honest with me, Jacob. Tell me who you are. I need you for a moment to be transparent with me and tell me what you see in yourself. Who are you? And Jacob says, Father, I'm a heel grabber. I'm a supplanter. I'm a deceiver. And I'm not satisfied with that anymore. Lord, I'm a liar, I'm a cheat. I'm a Christian cheat, but I'm a cheat. My mind wanders all the time. I've developed bad habits, but honestly, I don't like who I've become. I'm tired of wrestling. Is there anybody here tonight or online that says, I'm tired of wrestling? Anybody? Three, wonderful, okay. I'm in the right place. What is your name? What identifies you? And he's open and honest and frank. And is this not what Scripture teaches us concerning repentance and coming to the Lord and not hiding anything? And so it goes on to say, the man said your name will no longer be deceiver, supplanter, trickster, but your name will be Israel. Why? Because you have struggled with God and with humans, and have overcome. Jacob then asks, please tell me your name. (laughs) I love the Lord's reply. You don't need to know how I'm going to do this. You don't even need to know who I am. I'm just here. I've rocked up to tell you that I'm about to do something in your life, and the Lord is saying exactly the same thing to each and every person within the sound of my voice tonight. You don't need to know how. You just need to know I am going to. Why? Because God accompanies his word with signs and wonders. And so I thought an appropriate title, since there's a whole lot of wrestling going on, that the title of my message would be Wrestle Mania. 
WrestleMania. Why WrestleMania, Pastor Andre? Well, simply because it's a great example of wrestling. And I think for, the mo for many of us, myself included, that we are wrestling between who we've become as opposed to who we are supposed to be. Is there anybody here who will openly admit, listen, you should have been further down the road by now. Can I see your hands? How many of you wake up every morning thinking, listen, I should have been further down the road than I am right now? Can I see your hands? Okay, well then, great, because Jacob, in this story, had three wrestling matches going on. And from what I can see in Scripture, we're going to take a look and see if we can identify how these wrestling matches speak to ourselves and see how God managed to stop the wrestling in his life. So the first area that Jacob was wrestling in was in the area of his past. Who he was, who he was labeled as. He was, labeled, he was named Jacob even before he came out the womb. He was identified as, as a supplant, as a deceiver. You see, too many folks are exactly the same. They're still discouraged and are entering into 2022. January is done, and we're entering into 2022 with the same amount of discouragement. I have to believe, folks, that Jacob, I have to believe Jacob wrestled with who he became after deceiving his father and brother. It could not have sat well with him. He had amassed all of this wealth, but he, prepared, he was prepared to relinquish everything and even die if necessary in order to become someone else. You see, we can't go back. Jacob could not go back and change the beginning, but we can start where we are, and we can change the ending. That's good news. We can't go back, but we can change the ending. Now listen, if you had to travel from here to Cape Town, and somehow you found yourself in Durban, What would it help sitting in Durban for three days and tracing back every single wrong turn you took that ended you up in this destination as opposed to Cape Town? It's a waste of your energy. You're in Durban. You may as well just open the same MacBook and say, listen, now how do I get to Cape Town from here? My wife and I on our December holidays, we were up in the Richtersfeld in the north, north, northern Cape on the border of Namibia. And we wanted to go to a place called Extienfontein. And you have to travel along the border of the Richtersfeld, the border of Namibia, to come to Extienfontein. But somewhere along the line, there was this split in the road. And the split in the road was going to a place, I can't even remember the name. I'll have to look it up over here. Babe, help me. Lakersung. Who's heard of Lakersung? You know why? Because there's nobody that lives there. It's just deserted. So anyway, somehow I took this fork in the road because I thought I knew where I was going. I'm pretty good Direction with directions, and I thought I knew it was. Before I looked, I ended up in this place called Lackersing, deserted everywhere. It transpires that what we ended up doing is almost making our way all the way back to Port Nolliff again. You ask my wife, I got to the main road that was three hours away from where I was supposed to be, and I said to her, I can't believe it. <laughs> it took me a whole three hours to get over the fact that I turned, made so many wrong turns, and ended up in the rest of the destination. But guess what? I didn't get any closer to where I ultimately wanted to be, which was Springbok. I didn't get any closer. And you know what, folks? You just got to let it go. Listen, this is an amazing scripture. And if you've never read it before in the context of what I'm going to read it in now, I pray that it blesses you. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. We're talking about wrestling with our past. Look at what this verse says. But if from there, can someone say from there? Look at this. But if from there. Now, I don't know how many broken relationships, 
broken relationships you've had up until this point. But if from there, from here, the Bible says, I, I, I don't know how many jobs you've had or how many times you've been let go, but if from there, from here, tonight, this is what the Bible says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Can someone say, but if from there, just from this place, it doesn't help going back, folks. And Isaiah, you'll remember I ministered on this in the beginning of the year, and I think so did the other guys in this series on, in this series on God encounters. Look what Isaiah says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I don't know what it is that you've carried up until this point tonight, this evening, that you promised you would drop already on the 31st of December. I don't know, but if from there, from here, right now, do not dwell on the past. Look what the Lord says. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The reason Isaiah asked this question is because they're so busy dwelling on what could have been and what didn't happen and where they failed that they couldn't see what God was about to do. As long as you are looking in the rearview mirror trying to drive forward, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to let it go. Pastor Jenny and Simon's favorite preach. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Just let it go. But look at what he goes on to say. He says, I am, and you want to underline this in your Bibles, I am making a way. But you know what's significant about this? God doesn't just say, I'm making a way from where you're at. He's saying, I make a way specifically in the wilderness. Now, myself and Pastor Johnny and Pastor Simonum, we've been to Israel and we've been in the Negev, in the desert. Let me tell you, there are a few places on this planet that are more desolate, hopeless, provisionless, joyless than the Negev desert. People, however, don't get translated out of the Negev into the Jordan Valley. But God over here says that even if you feel like you are in a wilderness experience, emotionally, socially, financially, look at what he says, I am making a way. God has the ability to be able to direct us even out of the most desolate places in our lives. He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness, out of the wilderness. And he says this, I'm putting streams in the wasteland. What an incredible, incredible promise. So I want to encourage you to give up the wrestling with your past. The second wrestling match that Jacob was embroiled in was a wrestling with his secrets. Many folks wrestle with their secrets. You see, Isaac only blessed Jacob, who was pretending to be Esau. But God was not in it. Even though he became wealthy, he couldn't enjoy it. Why? Because God cannot bless who we pretend to be. Jacob was pretending to be the firstborn son and enjoy the blessing of Esau. And it brought him prosperity, but nothing else. He was prepared to give it all up at the end. You see, so many are living a lie because of who we want people to believe that we are. We become professional mask wearers. Whether it be pretending in our finances, 
pretending in our moral standards or even pretending regarding our spirituality. And this is why groups are so important. It's easy to pretend when you're alone. It's much more difficult to pretend when you're around people who know you because you can only fool some of the people some of the time. You cannot fool everyone all of the time. One of the best things you can do for your spiritual growth in 2022 is get involved in a group where you do life together. Discipleship and growing and dependence and accountability is the will of God for each and every one of us. Every member on staff here at Christian Family Church is part of a group. Every week we meet in our respective groups. You need to get into a group. And what better group than this freedom that they were doing, that they were advertising tonight. Don't sound so excited about groups. But I mean, this is what we're dealing with, right? Secrets. God can't bless who we, who we pretend to be. Look what it says in Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals mask wearers, people who wear masks, who act one way but live another way. He who conceals or wear masks, his sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them, the people who have the guts to pull away the mask and say, listen, this is really who I am. Help me. You see, Jacob had to pull away the mask. Not all the power of God could transform Jacob until God distracted him with something desperate so he could pull away the mask and say, I'm a deceiver. Psalm 32, verses three to five says the following. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. There are physical, there is a physical detriment to the secrets that we keep. Tonight, we stop wrestling with our secrets. And a secret is only a secret as long as no one knows about it. The first person you go to with it is the Lord. The second person you go to with it is your spouse. And if you don't have a spouse, you go to a friend, someone who will speak into your life and hold you accountable and love you. He says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long, day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. What does that mean? It means that God allows your life to be uncomfortable when you are in a place of unrepentedness. He allows it. Look at what David says. He says, my strength evaporated. Many of us, many people thought all I need is a holiday away in December. And you went away and rested. You were resting, but you didn't come back rested. You know why? Because there's a wrestling going on in your soul. And let me tell you, no amount of physical rest will be able to quiet the storm in your soul. You're not going to pin that puppy down. So you're resting, but you're not rested. Like water in the summer heat. That's what he says. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, what happened? David says, I confessed all my sins. I decided that I'm not going to wrestle with my secrets anymore. I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. Now listen, you know that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. You can't hide what you've done from the Lord. He sees everything. But you only really truly believe that God sees everything when you are willing to repent for everything. If you're not willing to repent and confront it, by virtue of your actions, what you're saying is, I dodged that bullet. 
And David said there was consequences. While he wore a mask, there was consequences. He said, I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I, I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me all. My guilt is gone. The third wrestling match that Jacob was embroiled in was an actual fact that he was, the fact that he was wrestling with God himself. You see, Jacob tried everything he possibly could to prosper, but he learned the hard way. This is what I love about being a pastor. We were talking just about it the other day. You know, so many people come for counsel. They'll sit across the table and say, what do I need to do? We'll give the folks the word of God, and you know what? You can see in their eyes, this like glazed look like, no, that's going to cost too much, take too long, and be too difficult. I'll try another way. So some people are taught through the word and corrected through the word. Other people are taught through life, like Jacob. Life had to teach him. For the rest of his life, he walked with a limp, the Bible says. For the rest of his life, God never healed that. He walked with a limp. It was a constant reminder that I can't fix myself in my own strength. I have to depend upon the Lord. You see, Jonah, and I don't have time to get into this, but Jonah also wrestled concerning God's will for his life, and he tried to run away. He learned the hard way that we can never actually run away from ourselves. Because <laughs> where you go, you go. And if Jew are the problem, the problem goes the Jew. Like Jacob, Jonah's, Jonah's running cost him as well as all those who were doing life with him at the time. So you learn through the word, you learn through life. Now some folks will allow the word to teach them, as I mentioned. Other folks need life to teach them. And look at what it says in Hebrews chapter three and verse seven, speaking about wrestling with God. It says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't think, well, I've got a reputation to uphold. I can't go and speak about where I'm at with people. They've already placed me on a pedestal. Let me tell you, that's a cop out. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience. Why? Because their hearts were hard. They weren't willing to learn, weren't willing to change, weren't willing to seek God, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So look at what the Lord says in the New Testament in Hebrews. So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. And that oath exists up until today. He says, they will never enter my place of rest. You see, we've got a choice. We can wrestle with our secrets the entire, our entire lives and enter into heaven wrestling. But I don't know about you. I'm done wrestling. I'm done fighting inside. I'm done fighting with God. I just, I just, I just want to say, Lord, here it is. Take it all. Who's with me tonight? See, folk, folks, God allows the inner conflict as a means of teaching us that his way really is the only way. It's the hardened heart of man that causes him to choose the way of conflict as opposed to the way of surrender. If you won't surrender completely, if you won't give those things up, God will allow a conflict to exist within your soul in the hopes that it pulls you back to him. Just know that if you choose to harden your heart, your hip may ultimately have to be touched for you to be shocked back onto the narrow road. And that is the mercy of God. 
Let me tell you what, I'd rather enter heaven with a limp than no limp at all and go to hell. So what do I do, Pastor Andre? I'm gonna give you these last few tips. So what do I do? Number one, you have to give up being in control. How, you may ask. How do I give, in, how do I give up control? Well, through understanding, number one, that brokenness always precedes breakthrough. Brokenness always precedes breakthrough. Take a look at Psalm 53, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God you will not despise. I'm about to do an altar call, but not only for those of you that will surrender your lives to Jesus for the first time, but for many folks here tonight whose hearts have become progressively hard. Over the years and over the months, you've said to the Lord, Lord, you can have, every, you can have, you can have everything, but your actions say you can't have this. Or you've said, Lord, I want to be freed from this, but the Lord gives you direction and tells you exactly what you need to do and you say that price is too high, it's gonna to take too long and it's just gonna to be too difficult. Perhaps you've lost confidence in the grace of God and his ability to free you and deliver you. Perhaps you've been struggling with a thing for so long that it's become part of your makeup. And so to offset it, you put on a mask so that people can't see who that person is. I know the Lord is speaking to someone here tonight. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So you've got to give up being in control, number one, by understanding that brokenness precedes breakthrough, and secondly, you've got to surrender your whole life, not just a part of it. If you want God's best, folks, I need to encourage you tonight to go all in. You see, majority of believers today will just dip their toe into what God has for them. They'll attend church every two weeks because life's busy, you know? They won't get involved in a, in a group, in an interest group, because being involved requires commitment, and I never know what's going to happen tomorrow. I want to be a free agent. I, I don't want to be committed. I don't want to be bound. Well, then I have this closing verse for you in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, from the message translation, and it says this, calling the crowd. We're a big crowd. This church has got, over, it's got tens, of thousands of, tens of thousands of members. But it says, calling the crowd to join his disciples. I suppose it can be summarized here tonight. I'm calling the crowd and saying, who will become a disciple of Jesus? Who will completely surrender so that the wrestling can cease? He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Now, you know who you are. I know as I prepared this message, and I've been preparing this message since the beginning of January already, I know every area of my life where I was not allowing God to steer. I'd let him steer when I was comfortable with him steering, but if it led to a place of more consecration, greater sacrifice, newer identity, I somehow tended to lean across and grab that steering wheel and just tug on it a little bit. So while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, hear these words from C.S. Lewis. I become my own only when I give myself to another.
And in his quote, he capitalized the A. I become my own only when I give myself to another. You might be here tonight and have never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. This is my first invitation. If that is you and you're saying, Pastor Andre, tonight I want to start by surrendering everything to the Lord. I want to surrender my life. There is tremendous grace and saving faith present in this meeting now to do such a wonderfully regenerative work in you. God will change your life forever tonight. If you come to him at the count of three, I want you to raise your hands. One, two, three. Say, Pastor Andre, tonight I surrender. Those of you online or in the venues, raise your hand and say, Lord, I surrender. God bless you. I see the hands going up. I'm going to ask, please, folks, if you wouldn't go to these folks and just place your hand upon their shoulder. I'm not going to prolong this. God bless you. There's another hand at the back there. There's hands over there. That's the first part of this altar call. Now there's part number two. And this call by the Lord is for those of you that have been wrestling in one area of your life. You've heard the word of God tonight and you said, I don't want to wrestle anymore. I want to give it over to the Lord. If that's you, I want you quickly to raise your hand in the air and then I want you to put it down again. Raise your hand in the air. Keep it up for a few moments. Raise it high in the air. Keep it up, and then you may put it down. I just, it's between you and the Lord. Like David said, I came and confessed, confessed my sin to thee, Lord, and thou dost forgive me. And that's what we're doing right now. So there are two groups of people right now. I want everybody to pray this prayer after me. Everybody, please. Let's say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know that I have been wrestling with coming into obedience to your word. I've sensed you call me not only to surrender my life, but to separate my life. Lord, I ask tonight that you would forgive me and that you would cleanse me. Like David and like Jacob, I say, Lord, here I am. Here is the real me. And I ask you to forgive me. In the name of Jesus, cleanse me from my sin. I promise to serve you and to love you until the day I see you face to face. Now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, hear this promise from the Word of God in John chapter 1 and verse 12. To as many as have received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, power to overcome temptation, power to live by the word, power to resist the world, power not to conform, but rather to be transformed. That power has been released now by the Holy Spirit into each and every life, whether you've committed your life for the first time or whether you raised your hand and said, Lord, here I am, change me. That power is available for you tonight. Come on, let's give them a great big God bless you and congratulations for all of those of you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, 
www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 